Welcome back to the It Happens Here podcast. I am Kara the Huntress-Smith, a Senior Targeting Analyst at Deliver Fund. This podcast is brought to you by Deliver Fund. So if you would like to go ahead and support the podcast, go to deliverfund.org and donate. Um, unless I explicitly said so, the news articles that I'm breaking down are not necessarily cases Deliver Fund has been involved with. Also for this specific case, it um, has suspects that are going to be innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. All right, let's go ahead and get into today's news article. Um, it's gonna be out of Youngstown, Ohio. All right. I know I just said Youngstown, Ohio, and that's because the traffickers themselves originated there, but this actual indictment that has taken place is uh, going to be out of the New York Supreme Court. And the Fall River reporter went ahead and reported on July 2nd, 2022 out of the New York, Boston, Massachusetts area. Two are accused of violently sex trafficking multiple women across a handful of states, including Massachusetts. District Attorney Alvin Bragg announced the indictment of Jonathan Ruiz, aka Saint, 29 years old, and Charlene Santiago, 27, con for conspiring to violently traffic multiple women in their mid-20s, forcing them to engage in commercial sex acts in at least six states, including New York. Marie's and Santiago allegedly coerced the women by beating them, brandishing a firearm, withholding their personal identifying documents, forcing them to take cocaine and more, and disguise their financial proceeds by creating an LLC based in Connecticut. The defendants are charged in a New York State Supreme Court indictment with conspiracy, sex trafficking, and promoting prostitution. Ruiz is also charged with labor trafficking for forcing one of the women to produce videos on OnlyFans. These horrific allegations detail an abhorrent sex trafficking scheme that preyed on vulnerable people so the ringleaders could turn a profit, said District Attorney Bragg. The internet gives traffickers new ways to exploit people through economic, emotional, physical, and psychological coercion. We will continue to hold accountable those who engaged in this type of criminal activity, while also continuing our work to ensure that survivors have the services and support that they need to recover and move beyond the trauma they have faced. According to court documents and statements made on the record in court, Ruiz and Santiago conspired to violently traffic multiple women in their mid-20s between February 2020 and February 2021. Inmate partners with children in common, I'm sorry, intimate partners with children in common, Ruiz and Santiago worked together to profit from forced commercial sex acts. Ruiz posted online advertisements for the women and then drove them to work at hotels and other locations across New York City, as well in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Delaware, Connecticut, and Massachusetts. Santiago even waited outside of hotels, accepting cash app payments and cash. At one point, Ruiz moved multiple women to a house in Connecticut. Ruiz compelled prostitution by beating the women if they did not want to work, stashed money to save, attempted to flee, or fell asleep when he wanted her to work. These beatings, or at least 
on at least one occasion done at the direction of Santiago frequently resulted in black eyes, bruising of multiple parts of her body, and lacerations with long lasting scars. Ruiz, who owns a firearm, which he displayed to the women on at least one occasion. Ruiz and Santiago are accused of withholding the women's government identification cards, birth, certificate, birth certificates, and social security cards to prevent them from fleeing and to fraudulently obtain government benefits and loans in their names. Ruiz emails and bank records indicate that he used their IDs to apply for and collect thousands of dollars in state and federal benefits, which were intended for the women. Ruiz also made the women take cocaine while working in order to stay awake and earn more money. If the women didn't earn a specific amount each day, Ruiz would beat them or sometimes not allow them to eat. Ruiz is also charged with labor trafficking for forcing one of the women to take nude photos, create sex videos, and speak with clients on OnlyFans. Ruiz created the online accounts without the women's consent or knowledge, and they did not receive any of the proceeds for performing on OnlyFans. The defendants took extensive steps to conceal and advance the conspiracy by creating an LLC in Connecticut, with both Ruiz and Santiago listed as executive officers in the corporate filing. They also allegedly issued fraudulent pay stubs and maintained extensive transaction records between themselves and prostitution clients. Important things to point out here. All right. Stereotypical trafficking, but on an enterprise, well, you know, organized detail level in the fact that these two people were uh, definitely in it for the long run and from a business aspect. They were even money laundering through their LLC. And then also they're probably money laundering through OnlyFans as well. We're gonna talk about OnlyFans in a second. Um, also with this case, there, you know, drugs were used, beatings were used, you know, weapons were used to make them, make them work as prostitutes. Not to mention all these women were over the age of 18. So please keep that in your mind. When you hear human trafficking, make it a 50-50 split. Half, half adults, half children. Because that's kind of where it ends up with all the statistics that we see. Stop letting social media and media influence your brain that trafficking of children is the only trafficking that happens. It's happening to the adults too. And I guarantee you these adults had been exploited when they were minors as well. That's one of the reasons why they were probably vulnerable enough to be exploited by these evil human beings. Also super important to note on this one here, uh, the OnlyFans account. So because of the pandemic, um, there was a large, I would say cultural shift of how traffickers work. Um, they're always evolving, always trying to find the way to make as much money as possible. And so when this took place in 2020 um, to 2021 of February, it was during the very start of COVID and all of that craziness and OnlyFans blew up, right? So there's a possibility they weren't finding enough clients on the street. They weren't making their quotas. 
And seeing as this trafficker had control of all of their legal documentation he, and their bank accounts, he went and opened OnlyFans accounts for them and then forced them to work the cameras. So think about that. How do you really know as an OnlyFans subscriber if you are watching a slave perform sex acts on camera? How do you know? They're not going to know. You have no idea. You have no idea unless you literally are taught the signs and you exploit the digital backends of that and find the connections of it all. So anybody who's really supportive of OnlyFan accounts or purchasing OnlyFan accounts, uh, subscriptions, if you know them personally, you might want to go ahead and have a little talk with them about what they might be paying into. I can tell you personally from the cases that I assist with and that Deliver Fund analysts assist with on a regular basis, there's like 98% of the time there's an OnlyFans account that's tied to it. And it's super, super common to see OnlyFans accounts even tied to minors in some of these cases. Um, and even to the point where minors are being run on these OnlyFans accounts and then they're making the dates through the communications on OnlyFans itself. And we've seen the nuances of that happening and you're starting to see it in cases that are coming out. So I'm really wanting to watch where this one goes if he's gonna get a labor trafficking charge for the OnlyFans account. Because uh, that would be absolutely fantastic because one, it's still human trafficking, and two, it would create case law that would assist in the fight. The way that cases work is when there's a decision that is made, judges will refer back to other decisions that are similar when they have it come across their desk. And once a precedent is set on specific actions by a criminal and they are charged with it and then found guilty, it sets it in stone unless it's appealed. And then the appeal process takes forever. But most of the time, most cases, because we think about it so much, there's so many hundreds of thousands of cases a day that are taking place. The appeals process also takes place, but a lot of the times it sticks, um, especially if they have like public defendants, because I mean, it costs a lot of money and it takes a lot of work to appeal a case. Uh, yeah, so I went off rambling on that one, but I will be paying attention to this. It's pretty egregious. They were in multiple different states, um, but I'm gonna call this one out of Youngstown, Ohio, because that's where they're originally from. And then they went to the Northeast where there was a massive population density and they moved the girls around as much as they could to maximize the profit and then launder the money. Oh, so frustrating, but we all need to be aware of cases like this because they're happening more often than we could ever even imagine. I hope this one opened your eyes a little bit. And um, if you liked it, make sure you share, subscribe, like, and uh, tune in next week for another episode of It Happens Here.